When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, friends. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell on the GCR podcast this week. Going to take a look back at the Gamecocks' victory over NC State. Wes, first things first, 1-0 and is 1-0. and The Gamecocks came up with a solid win here Saturday, a game that I think not a lot of folks were expecting South Carolina to win. They were a five-point underdog in that ball game, and some big plays from Debo Samuel, and the defense played well in the second half, much better, I thought, in the second half than in the first. So, you know, the important thing is that South Carolina got the win here and start the year 1-0. and So the tone has been set for the remainder of the season. Certainly some areas for improvement. Uh, Wes, you know, you don't come out of this game feeling like the Gamecocks are going to run the table this year necessarily, but <laughs> certainly calls for optimism beating NC State. Yeah, I thought a gutsy, gutsy win. Emerson, I thought that, uh, the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for putting uh, their players in a position to succeed. In most cases, I thought a, a relatively to be a first game of the year, relatively clean game. I feel like as far as penalties go, not really uh, many procedural pen- penalties on offense. I thought the offensive line uh, dealing with a very very good NC State defensive front uh, just appeared to, to play cohesively for the most part, which I think is a big thing we probably couldn't always say about last year. Uh, you know, I, I was watching one of the little videos USC put out in the post-game um, locker room, and, and Jake Bentley, uh, I thought, sort of said it best, it, you know, the offense kind of kind of carried things in the first half, and then the defense stepped up and carried things and made some plays in the second half. And um, then, to, to add to that, I've I've watched a lot of South Carolina football in my years, Emerson, and I I just have watched a lot of bad special teams play, and I, I thought top to bottom uh, that was some of the best uh, special teams play I've seen South Carolina have. You know, uh, Joseph Charlton had a you know a friendly role on a couple of punts. Uh, Chris Lamont, I'm sure, wants that play back where he tried to catch that punt over mm. his head, but uh, but you know for the most part, man. As far as just, uh, obviously, the big kickoff return, uh, you know, Parker White deserves a ton of talk about him for, for kicking the ball out of the end zone the first, I guess, four or five times he kicked it this year. When it wasn't out, you know, when it wasn't into the end zone, uh, there were uh, guys down to cover kickoffs. And, and I, I thought, really, for the most part, special teams for, for game one were just very, very solid. So uh, I, I think a lot of credit goes to that. That's maybe a, a, uh, Part of the game we don't talk about as much, but uh, definitely deserve credit there. Wes, we've got some listeners that have participated. They've joined in on the Gamecock Central hotline, so we're going to hear from three callers today that have questions for you about this win over NC State and you know maybe some concerns about the Gamecocks moving forward. So we're going to hear from the Gamecock Central hotline today. This is a new feature. This is going to be fun. And before we do that, Wes, I wanted to get you to talk about line play. You know, we knew this was going to be the key to the NC State game. First and foremost, this vaunted or heralded NC State defensive line had zero sacks against the Gamecocks on Saturday. So I thought Carolina did a great job against Bradley Chubb and Overstreet and Hill and Jones and this 
this crowd from NC State that we knew was going to be a problem for South Carolina. The Gamecock offensive line really held its own. NC State got two sacks, but they were both on blitzes, and none of the sacks came from any of the NC State defensive linemen. So a really good sign for the Gamecock offensive line there. And on the defensive line, Wes, you know, in the first half I was concerned. Uh, NC State converted a third and nine on the opening drive. No pass rush at all from the Gamecocks. And uh, there was a fourth down conversion on the opening drive for NC State as well. Similar situation, you know, a shorter throw. But not a lot of pressure on Ryan Finley in the first half. But in the second half, the Gamecock defense looked like a different unit. You know, that the scheme was a little bit different. And I thought the effort was a lot better in the second half. Carolina ends up with four sacks defensively and 11 and a half tackles for loss in this ball game. D-line play was good, Wes. Yeah, you know, it, it was improved. I think there's still uh, plenty of room for improvement. I think even in the first half, you know, like you said, they were they were putting themselves in a position to get off the field. Um, you know, and when I say that, I mean they were getting themselves in those third and long spots. And if you look at the way they stopped the run, NC State averaged just 2.5 yards of rush, and maybe didn't feel like that watching the game. Um, you know, because there were some drives later in the game. I, I think South Carolina started to wear down, where you saw Naheem Hines find some room to run and sort of gash him a little bit. But uh, several opportunities in the first half to get off the field, and that that rush was unable to get there. But I, I thought at times it was just kind of like they were maybe a split second late uh, to get to the quarterback and. You look at the second half, particularly in the third quarter, uh, you know, that's when that game was really won for South Carolina because they were able to lock down NC State. They were able to get back. Uh, and, and even the pass coverage, maybe, you know, I think it's always important to sort of look at the fact that those things work hand in hand, you know, rush and cover. And I, I think if Finley has to hold the ball a split second longer at times, then the pass rush gets there a split second quicker as well. You add those two things together, and I think that's what we saw in the second half. Was uh, in those third and long situations, they were actually able to get to the quarterback and uh, and affect him. You know, it's, it's not even always about you get a sack. If you affect him, uh, I think I, I was looking. They have five quarterback hurries as well. Um, affected like that, he has to throw the ball away. He has to throw the ball quicker than he wants, and uh, and that was huge. So. And, and, you know, the NC State, they, they ran 99 plays and threw the ball, you know, 60-plus times. So not a ton of sacks based on, you know, just the percentages. But if you look at a lot of those throws, a lot of them were just quick passes. So especially the first and second down throws. Um, and when they were able to get in third and short, that that's when you saw NC State able to stay on the field a lot. But um, definitely in the second half when they actually had to get back into their drop-back game, uh, that's when you saw some guys step up. I thought DJ Wanham played an outstanding game. Yep. Uh, Taylor Stallworth probably didn't have the stats to back it up, but I thought he pushed the pocket a ton. Um, then you saw in the second half, I thought Keir Thomas and Dante Sawyer sort of uh, showed what they were capable of, and, and you had Bryce Allen Williams pushing off the edge a bunch. Those guys are improved too. Wes, one of the major concerns coming into the season was linebacker depth for the Gamecocks. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better about linebackers after watching the NC State game on Saturday, the starting three, Sky Moore, Bryson Allen-Williams, and particularly T.J. Brunson played very well in this game, I thought. And I was also impressed by the play of Sherrod Green and Eldridge Thompson, the backups that came in, you know, in limited action, but made some tackles, made some plays, and I feel a lot better about linebacker today than I did last week. Yeah, you know, those guys, I think um, it was great for some of those backups to get on the field and, and actually go play a little bit 
Um, just uh, sort of the eyeball test. Sherrod Griffin looks to me like an looks like a player, you know. And, and Muschamp made a comment calling show talking about how Sherrod Green was one of the best young linebackers he's ever been around. Uh, Muschamp's not a guy who who says things like that lightly, so he's not one to exaggerate stuff like that. So I, I think you look at what what uh, he's capable of. You look at the athleticism, Eldridge Thompson. Um, you know, you don't necessarily feel great about those guys going in and playing. Uh, 60 snaps right now, but as far as giving them some depth, uh, you know, I even I wrote before the year started, I said I think this is a defense that can get deeper as the year goes on if they avoid injuries. So, uh, I think you look at linebacker, you look at uh, getting those guys in the mix, um, you know, even defensive line, I, I thought a guy like Aaron Sterling, who's a true freshman, didn't play a whole lot, but he flashed a little bit when he was in there. There's some young guys on that defense that are only going to get better and, and give South Carolina some depth. And, uh, hey, yeah, like you said, man, the, the local product, T.J. Brunson, uh, 16 tackles, actually leads Power 5 schools right now in tackles, I mean, you know, in the entire country among Power 5 schools. So a uh, huge debut for T.J. Brunson and uh, just his sophomore season, clearly. Um, a guy that's going to be very, very big to that South Carolina defense. Yeah, we knew Brunson was a tackling machine in high school. Certainly that doesn't translate to the SEC necessarily, but uh, Sky Moore said great things about T.J. Brunson, and we saw what Brunson is capable of, and I'm very excited about the future for T.J. Brunson. Man, he had a big game on Saturday. Gamecock linebackers look good. Wes, let's go ahead and take our first call of the day, and we have got Lucky calling in on the Gamecock Central hotline. He's got a question for you, Wes. If you want to be a part of the Gamecock Central podcast in future episodes, call the Gamecock. Cox Central Hotline. That number is 803-497-9058. It's 803-497-9058. Lucky took advantage of the GC Hotline this week, and here's what he's got to say. Hey, this is Lucky Murray uh, out of Greenville, South Carolina. I wanted to call to see what could be done about our pass defense. Um, it seemed like our defense played really well despite the depth issues that they was having, but we gave up a lot of long passes and a lot of short passes, especially the two-minute offense where North Carolina went down and scored when it was like two minutes left, and we really gave up a lot of 15-yard dumps in the middle and everything else. So I just wanted to know what could be done about our pass defense. That is going to be the best we're going to have all season. Thank you. All right, thanks for the phone call, Lucky. Wes, what do you think about the Gamecock pass defense? Yeah, I thought some good points there. Now, some you know, some of the yardage that uh, NC State was able to put up, I, I think you have to sort of credit to the scheme in that that was how South Carolina sort of felt they had to attack NC State. You know, it was a heavy sort of a zone-oriented defensive game plan. Uh, they wanted to kind of make NC State beat them that, you know, the short passing game, take underneath routes, sort of funnel everything, come up and tackle. And I, I thought they tackled uh, very, very well, actually. Uh, now, I, I do know he, he mentioned kind of end of half, end of game. I, I thought South Carolina went to a little bit sort of a prevent uh, thought process, maybe a little bit early, particularly the end of the first half. You know, they kind of let NC State go right down the field and then were not able to get a stop um, and, and score right before the end of the half to make it 21-21. I, I thought that hurt, you know, that was hurtful. I, I thought that was going to be a big moment in the game for them when really they had a chance to uh, to get off the field there. So I, I think at times against certain teams, until they build some depth, though, that, that's the type of defense South Carolina is going to have to play. Um, you know, fans are going to get 
sort of annoyed, I think, by watching those defenders play off coverage. But when you're in zone, you know, that's what you're going to do. And in theory, you want to you want to keep them underneath, and then you want to try to get off the field on third downs. And you want to force mistakes, which this defense does do at times. It's going to be bend but don't break. And you saw in the first half what it looks like, you know, when, when that thought process does not work. And you saw in the second half what it looks like when that thought process does work. So, um it's going to be – there are going to be times, I think, as a fan, Lucky, where uh, it's going to be frustrating to watch this defense. But I think this is going to be another gutsy sort of opportunistic type defense that has to find a way to get off the field at times. All right, let's go back to the Gamecock Central hotline here. We're going to hear from Brandon. The number again, 803-497-9058. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, we'll put you on a future episode of Gamecock Central Radio, 497 497- 9058. Brandon's got an interesting perspective on this Saturday's game between the Gamecocks and Missouri. Hey guys, this is Brandon um, from Missouri. I'm looking forward to traveling up to Columbia to see my home state guys play against uh, my current resident state. But um, the current the question I kind of had for the group was um, I feel like I've noticed over the last several games just uh, um, the second half offense has just kind of been flat. I'm just curious as to your input in that. And um, I think I look back over the last 14 games, and um, only three of those, uh, the fourth quarter, was actually the highest scoring quarter. So just curious as to if that is something that you guys foresee as a trend and uh, how that might come into play in this game where Missouri, I think, actually scored a whole lot of points in the second half against Missouri State. So love to get your input. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate the call, Brandon. Sounds like Emerson, he's a, maybe a Gamecock living in Missouri is, uh, is what I took from that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that um, not, that's not necessarily something I've seen with the offense play out over the course of, of a bunch of games. You know, looking back to last year, I, I think you look at the bowl game and South Carolina was actually very good offensively in the second half and in the fourth quarter. Um, had to have a big comeback against South Florida to force overtime and, and give them – you know, give themselves a chance to win. But uh, certainly if you want to look at one game and, and the win over NC State this past weekend, I, I thought that was maybe the biggest negative about the offense was that they were unable, really with multiple opportunities to do so, to put the game away. And I think uh, they're going to have to run the football better moving forward. I think they will be able to run the football better against Missouri. Uh, I think that's a defensive front that, you know, Really, for a while there, Missouri was known for having great defensive fronts, but probably isn't a great one this year, not compared to NC State. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to have to be able to run the football. At times, I thought late in the game that they didn't really feel like they could run the ball, like they didn't feel comfortable running the football. So they tried to throw it. You know, Jake, I think, had some throws that he would want back. I think he'd be the first to tell you that on some short passes. But, but yeah, uh, you know, this is a game that, uh, South Carolina sort of had a chance to salt away and couldn't offensively. I think that's something they'll, they'll be wanting to, to focus on moving forward. Brandon, thanks for being part of the show and calling the Gamecock Central Hotline. We do have one more call today, and this one comes to us from Sandstorm. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, Sandstorm here. Uh, what a win. What a weekend. A great way to start. And after watching that, I think uh, I think it's clear that our must champ, to the discredit of all the pundits, uh, 
has got the offense rolling ahead of the defense. Uh, I do think it's obvious we got to overhaul the defensive roster much in the form we did the offensive one. And my question is just how how far are we away from doing that? If we close on some of our bigger targets this this cycle with what looks like it's going to be a good year, uh, you know, can we get potentially get a, a KJ Henry and Dorian Gerald or a couple of uh, ends to maybe go with those two blue chip linebackers we're after, and then feel like if we could do that and then get one or two defensive backs with what we kind of have in this. Uh, freshman class now, uh, we might be there next year. So, go Cox, great win, thanks. Wes, we know Dorian Gerald committed to Tennessee last month. K.J. Henry is visiting Alabama. A lot of folks are on him. So, what about rebuilding that Gamecock defense through recruiting? Yeah, I think he, he makes a good point. Uh, they're going to have to rebuild it through recruiting. I think some of those guys that are sort of the future of that defense are already on campus, and you saw them. We talked about them a little bit. You know, they're playing in reserve roles right now. Uh, your Aaron Sterling's up front. Uh, DJ Wanham's still only a sophomore, but starting, uh, you know, I think Kobe Smith can have a big role in this defense in the future. Javon Kinlaw at defensive tackle. You know, we talked about the young linebackers. I think Sherrod Green and, and TJ Bronson are obviously the future of that position next year when Sky Moore and Bryce Allen Williams move on. So you can sort of see some of those guys already on campus. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think. Um, you know, you look at sort of missing on Xavier Thomas this past, uh, this current class. You look at Dorian Gerald, who's currently committed to Tennessee. Uh, you know, Gerald, I think last check, still listening to South Carolina, going to take some official visits. I think he'll at least give them a chance to, to show, uh, you know, to, to show their, their best foot forward and, and see if they can change his mind. Um, but yeah, Dax Holyfield's out there, I, I think. Uh, it's at least still paying attention to South Carolina. I wouldn't call them the favorite. Uh, Channing Tindall from Spring Valley is an important prospect for South Carolina at linebacker. Um, but I don't know necessarily if they're going to be able to completely fix this defense with this current class that they're recruiting. I, I think Emerson, you just look at the lack of talent they sort of took over with, the lack of depth. It's going to continue to take a, a couple of years' worth of really good recruiting, I think, to rebuild this thing. Well, we know Will Muschamp was at the Spring Valley game on Friday night. That was the night before the Gamecocks played NC State. Taking a look at Channing Tindall. And Dax Holyfield from the Charlotte area west is a player that I'm very excited about. You know, I don't know what the Gamecocks' chances are with him, but you watch that kid's highlight reel, man. He plays the game in a different way. Oh, he's outstanding. I think you look at the linebacker position, Emerson, you look at instincts and just the uh, – obviously you got to have a tough-nosed attitude too, but just the diagnosing plays and getting to the football, Dax Holyfield easily one of the best in the country at doing that. And I think when you look at South Carolina's need – at that position, that this is a kid that could come in and, and would almost instantly be in the two deep for South Carolina next year. So it, it's kind of been up and down for South Carolina with Dax. At, at one point, I, I think South Carolina was the clear leader. Uh, lately, that's not really been the case, but he still wants to take an official visit to South Carolina. I'm sure he'll be in Columbia for, you know, a home game or two as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's what he, his recruitment is certainly the definition of a marathon, not a sprint. South Carolina's managed to hang in there. And now, you know, it goes back to we were talking about how big of a win that was for them. Uh, kids want to see the teams they're looking at win. So, uh, 1-0 for South Carolina, when you look at this schedule moving forward, uh, it's just so much more prettier for them than, than an 0-1 start with what is now sort of 
not that Missouri is some great team, Emerson, but it's not really an easy game anytime you go on the road. Really good offense. South Carolina, an underdog again from what I saw with the opening line. So um, huge for them to just start 1-0 and, and be able to – you know what? They can tell prospects from the state of North Carolina that they are 10-0 and in the last 10 meetings with the combination of NC State, UNC, and ECU. So uh, South Carolina has done very, very well in football against North Carolina teams as of late. Wes, is the Missouri offense that good, or did they just fatten up on a cupcake on Saturday? You know, I, I think they're really good. I, now, they're not going to score, obviously, 70 Carolina, but uh, they they returned 10 of their 11 starters. Um, you know, Drew Locke's a great quarterback. They have weapons there. They return a 1,000-yard receiver, 1,000-yard rusher. Um, you know, South Carolina – sort of was able to manage and get them off the field last year. But even though Missouri was able to rack up yardage, that, that's an offense that last season as a whole, I feel like, racked up a lot of yardage, but maybe wasn't able to – they were never able to score enough to be a winning team last year because their defense was so bad. So I, I think an offense that is very, very talented, probably one of your better offenses in, in the conference. But they're – I mean, they're a Big 12 team, basically. Uh, you know, offense, but not much defense, and they have to outscore teams to win. So that that's going to be a very intriguing matchup for South Carolina. Missouri had 500 yards of offense in the first half last Saturday in that win over Missouri State. They scored 48 points in the first half and ended up with 72 on the board by the end of the game. So Locke and Moore could end up being one of the most prolific pass-catch tandems in the SEC this year. So, Wes, we've got the must-champ presser coming up on Tuesday, and we'll start to roll out more Missouri coverage as we move through the week here on Gamecock Central. Yeah, excited, man. Uh, week one out of the way, week two is here. We'll have complete coverage both on GamecockCentral.com, Emerson, and, of course, here on the Gamecock Central podcast. All right, good stuff, Wes. We appreciate your time today. Much enjoyed the listener feedback, 497-9058, if you want to be a part of the Gamecock Central podcast. Wes, you set this line up to give our listeners and our subscribers an opportunity to be involved with the podcast. We want people to get involved. That's why we set the phone line up. Yeah, I'm, and I'm excited to hear more, and I will just to set it up for them a little bit. Um, if you call, um, it, it's just going to sound like a, a regular voice that you'd leave on a cell phone, so don't. Don't think you got the wrong number or don't think that, <laughs> that you did the wrong thing. Right. Just uh, leave, leave that message on the voicemail, and we're going to take it, and then we're going to answer from here on the show. Right. It, nobody will answer the call. You just call in and leave a voice message, and we'll play the recording yeah. on our next podcast. You heard Lucky today. We also heard from Brandon and, and Sandstorm. They showed you how easy it is. The phone line is available 24-7. You can call anytime you want. Just leave a message, and Wes will answer your question on a future edition of Gamecock Central Radio. That number again. 803-497-9058. All right, we'll start to turn our attention to Missouri coming up later in the week here on Gamecock Central Radio. For Wes Mitchell, I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for being with us.